This is Nets and Bolts, a show for fans of hockey, and especially the Tampa Bay Lightning, hosted by Mike Gallimore. All right, I'm joined tonight by Alan. You probably know him. Many of you might know him as Loser Points on Twitter. He's the site manager for Raw Charge. Very prominent, obviously, blog covering the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Alan, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Absolutely. I've uh, been looking forward to having this talk with you. I, I wish it was under a little bit different circumstances. Uh, obviously, the Lightning are, uh, well, they're generating a lot of attention. Uh, maybe not the attention they were hoping to get this at this point in the season. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for I guess for everybody who was hoping for maybe a different approach than last year, maybe in terms of like peaking at the right time and stuff, um, maybe they're getting that. Probably didn't want to see them start off this slowly, but I guess for some people who are just looking for a change, at least it's at least it's different than past years. I do remember seeing the sentiment, you know, like the Lightning did have such a uh, hot start and really, I mean, they just tore through the league last year. And I remember seeing, well, maybe some adversity would be a good thing. And well, you know, they're, they're getting it now, right? Yeah, that's, that's for sure. If, if what we thought they needed was adversity, they are certainly getting plenty of it. Yeah, I, it's, it and we're talking at this juncture here where they're off in Sweden and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know how much extra structure or what else you're going to implement that's going to make that much of a difference. I, I, who knows? But, you know, they're off in Sweden. Is this a good opportunity for them to, like, just refresh mentally as opposed – I mean, I don't – again, I don't know how much you're really – you're going to fundamentally change here. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much you reset from a systems perspective or anything, but I, I, I do think sometimes getting a little bit isolated and – kind of forced bonding experiences where everybody's on the road together and you're eating every meal together and you're in a different country and there's, you know, just kind of, kind of forces everybody to, to have some collective experiences and things. And I, I don't think that's the worst thing for them right now. Cause it certainly looks a little disjointed at times on the ice. So maybe they, maybe they have a couple good meals, um, maybe a couple more beers than they would usually have during the <laughs> season with these breaks. And, and maybe you get some of that, some of that bonding that builds the relationships and the, and the trust and all that stuff. It certainly doesn't seem like that, that stuff is there the way it, it has been in the past. I mean, and that, that's obviously all subjective. Um, and some people might laugh at that, but I, I do think sometimes for a team and for any group of people that's working together, you know, you, 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 you get a little isolated, you rely on each other and then maybe they, they come out a little better. So I think the trip is actually coming at a, at a good time if it, if it goes the way that it, that it could. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, I mean, they have been on the road a lot early in the season. So, I mean, like, but maybe it's just the, the uniqueness to this. I mean, certainly for, uh, you know, Victor Hedman, I mean, this has got to be, you know, an incredible element to this. But on, on the other hand, they have been on the road a lot already. Yeah, I'm just grasping at straws. I mean, I'm just like I mean, trying, I'm to, trying to dig deep here. You're like, there's got to be some positives. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, like, like you said, just hoping that maybe that, you know, road trip in the States, you know, same old, same old. Maybe right. Go somewhere else. Long flight, different country, different food. Everything's different. Maybe it shakes it up a little bit. Maybe maybe it shakes some stuff loose. Maybe they, you know, whatever's kind of whatever blocks they have in terms of the way they're playing on the ice. Maybe some of that stuff gets gets kicked loose and they can they can just play hockey. That that would be ideal. 
let's let's talk about the start so far. I mean, we, we I was looking at the standings, and I I've deliberately tried not to look at the standings the uh, the past couple of weeks, but you know I, I did notice that they're okay. They're now uh, clearly out of the wild card spot, three points out. I think I last last I looked. What's I, I, I've looked at their I've been looking through some of the data, and I know you I know you've poured through lots of data. What are some glaring where, where where do you see this team struggling right now so for me and this is just this is super fresh in my mind because i actually so today's tuesday and i had an article come out today talking about this and then i'm digging into it a little bit more for an article that's going to come out later this week but to me it's 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 the offense is is the issue they they were ninth in the league in uh expected goals uh, offensively last year, they're 26th so far this year at 5v5. Um, that's using Evolving Hockey XG. So, um, And then defensively, they were, I think they were 7th last year, and they've bumped up a little bit to 4th uh, this year. Um, but that's that's just sort of natural, you know, variance. They, they've always been a, you know, top 4 to 8 team or so in defensively in, in XG during for most of John Cooper's tenure. So that that's right where we would kind of expect them to be in line with with how they've played historically. But the offense is just has just not been there, and they've had, you know, some really dismal games. They had that horrendous game against Carolina um, where they just got destroyed. They had those that really bad game against Ottawa, and then the the, the two games before this road trip against the, the Devils and the Islanders. I mean, they won that Devils game, but they were awful. That was one of their worst games of the season. Yeah, um, it's great that they that they got two points out of it, but that was that was atrocious hockey. And then they, and then they played similarly against the Islanders. And, you know, you kind of see the difference in the result that you get. If you play a, a team that's invested like the devils versus a team that's may not have a ton of talent, but is, is well-structured and going to, going to play smartly, which, which the Islanders did. And they, they put the lightning away the way that they should have. So, you know, they've had, they've had too many games like that for the offensive talent that they have to, to sort of look as, as weak as they did offensively in those games and, and to just, to just not, not really show sort of any of the flash, any of the skill that they have and to just, just look so kind of boring and, and mundane and, and beaten down. And I, you know, I'm trying to put a finger on it. I, it's just to me, I mean, I, I get, it's, I get stuck on the five on five and you're, you're pointing this out. I know there's been a lot made of the, uh, the penalty kill, you know, when I look at the, the the data for the penalty kill, I mean, I don't really see. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't see much like tremendously different. I mean, other than the shooting, per, the, the percentages, the the conversion, um, but especially for the well for the opponents, right? Uh, I see a, a big jumps in, in, in goals, but I don't really see a dramatic or goals against. I don't see a dramatic difference in the process. I guess is what I'm, you know, getting at. You know, maybe there's some bad balance. I mean, is Dan Girardi not being in the lineup that much of a difference I'm, you know you know but what's your read on this with the, the penalty kill yeah i don't think the penalty kill has been that bad i just think they've taken way too many penalties um they're, they're they put themselves shorthanded so many times that they're gonna they're gonna pay for that eventually and it's not even that they've taken so many penalties it's that their penalty differential is so bad they've, they've taken a bunch of penalties yeah. not drawn them um the way they have historically and then you know, Vasilevsky which ties back, which ties back to the the offense being weaker. You know, at five on five, you know, you're not getting as many, you're not earning as many opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And then the the power play hasn't been as great when they've got there. And then, like you said, 
Vasilevsky hasn't been great on the on the penalty kill so far this season. So yeah, I don't see any the, the the penalty kill with the Lightning seems to always be kind of a flashpoint. The only thing that I and this is just like perception. I haven't actually tested this yet, but it it feels like their penalty kill fluctuates wildly. Like like they will sometimes look like the best in the league, and then they will go like a couple weeks where it feels like the puck goes in every single time they're shorthanded. So yeah. that that's kind of been the deal with them over the past couple years. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I don't think that's been a particularly big problem to, to start the season, at least compared to some of the other stuff that's going on. Yeah. I can, but it's certainly like a, a, a talking point. I mean, people getting up and on, yes, we're getting, we're, they're going to the box a lot. Uh, but I process wise, I'm just not seeing the, the much different. I'm, again, I'm just drawn to five on five. I just feel like, got abysmal at times especially like you said offensively yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like um the answer is is pretty obvious like it's it's kind of sitting right there they're like i think they're like 19th or something in in 5e5 xg share um and then if you go to all situations it drops to like 26th which i think is because of the penalty differential primarily so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean they've they've been terrible at five at five on, well not terrible they've, they've been bad at five on five they've been like a bottom third team and then they have not helped themselves um but by, by taking more penalties uh than than they should and, and not drawing any so they've they've been bad in the area where it matters most. And then they've not helped themselves on special teams the way they, they did last year. Naturally, you know, I think people want to start like looking when you see this, these struggles, people want to start looking around. Well, why, you know, where or who like look, looking for the scapegoats. And, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's safe to say I, I wouldn't point fingers at Braden point. Right. I mean, he's come back. I, I, I was looking at some of his individual contributions, uh, uh, his metrics and i mean he's i mean he's bright in point he's doing his he's holding his own isn't he yeah i mean i think he's been the best player on the team um pretty comfortably um but yeah like i think he's he there, there's a couple players who i think deserve like no part of the play right. this season i think he's one of them um i think that uh that yanni gord is one of them and then I think honestly, the the, the new guys, uh, Pat Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk, are both in that group. And then maybe throw Andre Pilat in there, and then everybody else has some of this on their plate, uh, some more than others. I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Shattenkirk and and uh, Pat Maroon because you know I, I say there's a little there was a little bit of turnover. Obviously, it happens every year. There's going to be some some new bodies and everything. But I, you know, I'm really hard pressed to find any any. Uh, really downsides to what they brought to the table. And, I, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of hindsight. You're probably, again, if these struggles continue, perhaps people want to look back and start second guessing, you know, what, what happened in the offseason. But, I mean, in my mind, I, I mean, I think, I think Brisbane, I mean, whatever happens this season, I, I, I look back, I mean, maybe you could say, okay, why maybe a certain signing might have been uh, superfluous. Uh, I mean, do you really need to sign Luke Shen? Okay, maybe, you know, but really, and I look back, I mean, I I got I would grade that offseason pretty highly given the circumstances, given what, what was on the table, right? I mean, it's those, given the, put the play aside, the offseason moves, I, I'm really not second guessing that at all. No, the stuff at the bottom of the roster, I think is fine. I think, like you said, some of the stuff is maybe like, did, did, did we, did we need Pat Maroon? Um there's like so many forwards in this organization that can play. I'm not sure. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, especially for what they paid. 
Um, I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. It's that's that's the benefit of being a good team where guys can come put up good stats and 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 chase a cup, right? Is they'll take they'll take less. So I, I think that's fine. I think the the Shen thing they probably wouldn't have signed him if they knew that they were going to get Shattenkirk later in the summer. So that's that's just sort of an order of operations thing. Um, the only thing I look back on from the summer that I questioned and that I did at the time was the Vessel FC contract. Um, but yeah, none of the none of the stuff at the margins and sort of filling in, you know, who's going to play on the fourth line and who's going to pay play on the third pair or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any issues with, with any of that stuff. Yeah. And then you, you brought up Andre Pilat and, you know, there was this buzz, I think, uh, you know, every year you hear, Oh, this guy's in great shape and this guy's, but you know, there was some, some talk about Andre Pilat being healthy. Uh, you know, there was, uh, I, I know from, you know, Joe Smith had, had some, some commentary he provided and, um, but he's kind of like living up to the the billing, right? I mean, I'm not saying he's he's uh, you know Andre Palat the, the the triplet the brief triplets era, right? But uh, he he does. I, I was talking about this on a previous episode. I he's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's been good to see a, a little bit of the old um, Andre Palat, which feels ridiculous to say because he's still a very young player. But yeah, it's it's been nice to see him have a little bit of a bounce back and you know, I was pretty confident that he was the second best player on that, on that triplets line. And he's had a really rough last couple of years. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see him stay healthy and get over all those ankle and foot injuries and everything that he's, that he's had that have slowed him down so much. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been one of the, the few players on the team who's, who's looked better than last season so far. And they've, they've needed that. He's been one of the guys who's kind of kept them afloat so far. Yeah, with that, con- I mean, they they need you know these guys to with the contracts that the Andre Pallad and Tyler Johnson uh, have. They they need these guys to produce somewhat. I mean, they, we're, we're obviously not looking to them first and, and foremost, but they need these guys to to play you know beyond the a third line, fourth, especially fourth line. He, you know, when when that the last significant playoff appearance the Lightning had uh, <laughs> beyond the first round, the, the uh, Pallad line or Pallad. Uh, point and correct me if I'm wrong. Was it uh, Howard Johnson on that line? Uh, they were the they were kind of like a, sh- a shutdown, sco- but also a scoring uh, a trio in against was it Boston? I feel like they I feel like they carried. I feel like they pretty much carried. I, I could be misremembering, but I think Plot right. was a part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so you know, again, it was kind of like you know you had this kind of great, you know, um, spurt in the, in the playoffs uh, a couple years ago. And then, yeah, like last year was this, uh, again, one of these uh, uh, disappointments, again, injury riddled. And here we are, it's another year and it just kind of feels like uh, other things are going to shit, you know? So <laughs> speaking yeah. of that, uh, speaking of that, um, maybe kind of flip the table and well, what's going on with Kucherov? I mean, and I, I, I'm gotta be one of the biggest Kucherov support. I mean, there's tons of us, right. But, What's going on with, with with Nikita? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I actually, you tipped me off to this. I saw your tweet where you talked about how infrequently he's shooting, and so this is what I'm writing about for later this week. Is kind of which players are responsible for this downtick in offense, and he really he really stands out. Like not not just on the team, but like in the NHL. Um, yeah, he's shooting like. He's taken like five less shots per hour, I think. Yeah. And his XG contributions have dropped a ton. 
I mean, obviously he's falling from a, from a really high place. So it's, it's not like he's become like a terrible player. It's just, he's, he's playing like a, like a, with his scoring, maybe like a low end second liner, like high end third liner. And they just can't, they can't have that (laughs) from him. It's just, it's just not good enough. They're not going to be successful if he can't at least give them like something close to himself. And so, yeah, he's, I I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's a, if it's a hangover thing, if it's a, you know, if it's just a, if it's a conscious thing to, to start the season, you know, a little bit slower and kind of ramp up to, to, you know, to kind of be at his best, you know, at the end of the season, I I don't know what the deal is, but it's, he's, he's pretty clearly, both when you watch him and then when you measure it, not not the player that he's been over the last couple of years. I could be fooling myself, but I I, I mean even last year when he, he started the first ten games, you know the production he was well I mean he was maybe close to close to a point per game or something like that, but he really accelerated after around around the ten game mark. But I don't remember the other concerns, you know, like I don't the from the individual standpoint, you know, he was still. A, a big part of the on ice production or, or uh, uh, contributions uh, for his line. It just, the puck wasn't going in for me or the, you know, the, the or his line mates weren't converting. The, the, the on ice numbers now aren't as bad. It's just the individual side of it for him is it's on it, Well, given his role for this club, it's just not acceptable. Yeah. And they got like, that line got destroyed against the Islanders. Like they got obliterated. Oh, yeah. They had the worst shot differential uh of anyone in that game um and they had Volkov on their line for a lot of that game so maybe that's that's part of it that he's still getting right. adjusting to the nhl but yeah they that's been that's been and th- that's been probably like if um, unfortunately right so he's he's the best player on the team and he's you know sort of paid that way and and those are the expectations he won the hard trophy last year um so if you want to look for a primary reason why the offense is as bad as it is. Like, unfortunately, that's that's where it starts. You know, it's just, it's tempting, and it, it just feels right. I mean, it just feels right to draw that that's kind of straight that straight line, you know, to uh, uh, to Kucherov. And and you know, I and I think he's a play, we all know he's a, a passionate player, and I'm sure nobody feels more pressure or is putting more pressure on himself than than he is. You know, I, I think uh, he's a, you know we know he's a, a, an extreme competitor. It's not a matter of I would imagine not a matter of want. Or, or really, I would imagine effort. I, I, I just think he, again, kind of subjective uh, opinion here, but I would expect, I would imagine he's frustrated, and uh, like we saw him with the end of the series uh, last year against Columbus. I mean, when he's when he's off, you, he's noticeably off. That's um, just, it's just frustrating right now to, to watch a player who's been so so damn good just really struggling to find his way. Yeah, he's just in one of those, um, like it just, yeah, it's something's something's not clicking there. Either there's a, either there's like you know a lingering kind of confidence issue from how things ended last year, or 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 something. But yeah, it's just the the game, the game when when he's on, the game comes so easy, and he does stuff that like I that what that, that like surprises you when you're when you're watching the game like the pass that he'll see or the the way that he'll stop and transition and 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 adjust the the way he attacks the zone and and he just he sees things 
five and six steps ahead. And then he has the confidence to try to make the play to make it happen. And it doesn't always work out, but, but more times than not, it does. And it that's, that's just not there this year. It's everything seems very kind of rote and straight ahead. And so it's, it's hard to say that's one of those things where we're too far away from it to really know what's, what's going on there, but it's, you can see it and, and you can measure it. Um, so it's real. <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it is there. why it's happening. <laughs> you know, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, you had a tweet the other day about uh, Luke Witkowski and you know, he was sent down uh, to Syracuse and part of this early season, uh, I don't want to say funk necessarily, but just part of the, the the early season experimentation that's kind of gone on. And, and, and with the fourth line, kind of a curious choice uh, from what was my initial impression that they were going to roll this these heavies out. I mean, he yeah, actually had Pat Maroon, and and eventually when Paquette was going to be healthy, you're going to have uh, – they, they kept Luke Witkowski on the roster, and they doggedly played him for, you know, whatever, 10-plus games. And obviously that, that experiment seems for now seems to, to have ended – and again, you as you pointed out, you know, you feel for for the player. I mean, who's who's given a, a lot to this organization over the years, and we, we know is a, a popular character. But that fourth line, I mean, what do you make of that? With with, with the, uh, I mean, is this an identity thing that that Cooper was going for? Um, it, it it seems to have petered out, or the interest in this for now has petered out. But uh, what what did you make of that to begin with? Yeah, it's confusing. You know, part of me thinks that had Alex Volkov not taking that cheap shot from Mike Hoffman at the end of the second to last preseason game, that this whole thing maybe never happens, that he makes the team out of camp. Witkowski goes down to Syracuse right away. And we don't go through this weird little, you know, experiment with the, with the fourth line where he's, you know, where he's playing a bunch of games. But I, I think, I think the injuries sort of forced him into the lineup because coming out of the preseason, not only was Volkov hurt, um, but Point was hurt. Um, there was a stretch where Sorelli was hurt. So, like, he he originally drew in, and, like, with Carter Verhage. And so I kind of thought, you know, maybe he's just there because they, they need a body and he has the ability to play two positions. And so that, that gave them some flexibility and stuff. But he did draw in the lineup ahead of Verhage, which kind of makes that – theory not not as plausible but I, I don't know what else the other option is that like they saw two games of of him with everybody else in the lineup and decided it was enough I don't know yeah that, that's that's a weird thing I don't I don't have a good like solid home run answer for that I, I I do think that if everybody was healthy out of the preseason that maybe we never get this little experiment but I'm not sure what the reason is that he was getting in the lineup over over Verhage for a couple games there. Yeah, I. Uh, it was it was just very. I don't know, just jarring. I mean, again, you're like you pointed out the, the injuries were were seemed to be a factor, but like you like you said, it's there were opportunities to to make adjustments. Um, I mean, he was getting. I mean, outside of a couple games, you know that that the line was getting crushed uh, with with Kowski, with Kowski on the ice, and you know again, just kind of a guy a little bit out of his out of his depth. Again, you're you're hoping, hoping he can play a key role for for Syracuse, and it, it, it's I don't know I just uh, 
I, I thought it was just very curious. And, and then, there, of course, there's this other experiment that's, that was going on with, uh, I was kind of jokingly, Stephen Winkos, but, uh, you know, it, this is something that Cooper's tried to go to before. And if you'll recall, um, there was, this is before Stamkos re-signed here in, 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 with the Lightning. Uh, this seemed to, at least rumor, the rumors that uh, circulated, that this was a little bit of a uh, point of contention in the past. But, I mean, Steven Stamkos was saying the right things uh, in training camp, you know, about wanting to you know, put the team first and everything. And clearly he still sees himself as a center. And, and now he's, he's back playing the, the center position. But what, what, did you, what did you think of the uh, Stamkos at the wing uh, endeavor? Yeah, this is a weird one. This is one of those where... It seems very obvious that that Cooper wants to do this, um, and it's also very obvious that Stamkos doesn't want to do it. Um, he's about as like sort of straightforward, like say the right things, like boring post game quote as you can possibly uh-huh. ever get. And I and I think the most I've ever heard him kind of speak about you know, or, or say something that, that is like a little bit kind of going against the grain is that he doesn't like, he doesn't like playing the wing. He wants to play center. And right. I think actually Cooper had this sort of almost, you know, ingenious way of getting around that when Nemesnikov was here and cause he would play Nemesnikov on the wing, but then Nemesnikov would take a lot of the defensive responsibilities that a center would normally take. And he would do a lot of the work in the defensive zone that a center would do. And he would take, like half the face-offs um, before sort of Stamkos had, had upped his focus on his face-offs and now is, has been like over 60%. Uh, so that's not an issue anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, Cooper had sort of found a way to put a player to, to have Stamkos kind of nominally be the center, but then have a player on that line who was going to, you know, bear a lot of the, the responsibility that a center normally would. And so it, that that's part of the reason I, I think at least that, that that line works so well, but yeah, it, it, when they put him, on the wing and it's he's sort of listed there it just doesn't it doesn't seem to work um for them almost ever and so i i don't imagine that will be something that we see a lot more of this year it just it just doesn't seem to work yeah i mean i get the temptation i mean i get you okay here's a he's got a hell of a shot you know and and he's maybe doesn't have the the straightaway speed that he did in his younger year in his earlier years but i get the temptation you know you get him on the off wing perhaps and Maybe just in a little bit different spots at five on five, and I, I, I get why Cooper wants it to work, uh, but you're right as you pointed out, it just doesn't ever seem to really stick and uh, and, and have merit. But uh, I, I just thought that was another interesting little early season, you know, wrinkle that, you know, obviously we're we're removed from the thought processes and whatnot, but it was there, right? It happened. Yeah, and I, and I think. Um... You know, my, my hope with some of this stuff that's happening is that, you know, the Cooper and the Lightning and, and rightfully so to a certain extent have always been a team that has been, you know, we have our style, we have our game, we're going to play our game. We think if we play our game, we're going to win more times than we're not. Um, and they just they just kind of stick to it. And, and I think largely that's right. But I think what we saw last year in that series against Columbus is that you know, sometimes if you run into a bad matchup and that's your approach, then you have nowhere else to go when that thing isn't working. And so I think, you know, me and a lot of other people that I've 
you know, they have, have expressed this as well, that it might be nice to see them during the regular season, be willing to sacrifice some, some regular season games to try some different stuff and see if they can at least have, you know, maybe a few more looks to go to, um, you know, when they find themselves against a bad matchup where, you know, they're, where, you know, plan A isn't working. Uh, if it, maybe if they at least have some kind of plan B and some kind of, and plan C to, to, to at least try something different instead of doing, doing the same thing. Um, so maybe that's what some of this is, you know, wanting to get different looks up and down the lineup, you know, different mm. styles of play and stuff um, so that they can go to it if they need it. So that could be some of what it is, or it could just be, I, I don't know, just trying to find ways to get guys motivated for, for a long regular season. I don't know, but yeah, they've, they've certainly been, been mixing it up a little bit. One uh, uh, kind of jumping ahead in my order here of things I wanted to talk, but kind of ties into, you know, with an eye on the, well, an eye on the postseason. Um, so assuming they, they make it there. Um, I, I've, I've been toying with this, like, idea. I'm, I'm kind of borrowing. I'm probably, I'm probably not the first to think about this for, uh, for, for the NHL or anything like that. But I, I noticed in the past couple of years, I've, I'm not a big NBA guy, but – I've seen some some articles and some discussion and controversy over teams sitting their star players, like LeBron James, uh, for example, getting some heat for not playing in certain some regular season uh, matches, and uh, they're trying, you know, trying to just kind of keep some tread off the tires. And I was I've been toying with this idea of you know with with how an NHL team could incorporate specifically the Lightning. You got, you know, when you think of okay, Hedman's Hedman's been dealing already with a little bit of a uh, some injury concerns. Obviously, at the end of last year, he got he got dinged up and had to miss uh, some postseason time. And you know, just it's a long season. It's a, it's a long grinding season. And if there's any way that you can spare some mileage on some of these guys, and I know it kind of maybe goes against some of the conventional thinking and maybe even for the players themselves or certain, you know, a lot of players themselves who want to earn, you know, kind of look playing for contracts, perhaps uh, want to play as much as possible, get their minutes. But what do you think about Trump? I mean, again, there's way, all sorts of concerns with, with uh, you know, how many people you can carry and whatnot, but what do you think about trying to have some sort of a rotation um, kind of pre-scheduled uh, as much as possible? I mean, obviously maybe guys get dinged up. You have to uh, abandon some, some preset notions, but maybe just trying to work guys in and out of the lineup more regularly. Um, give them a game off, maybe more than, than, than you. And not just from, okay, we're bouncing a guy on, on and off the fourth line. You know, maybe you give, you're trying to play Nikita Kucherov, maybe five, five fewer games or six fewer games over the course of the year. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just loosely toying with this idea, but does this seem too wild to you? Or, I mean, is this, is it, maybe is this something that maybe is around the corner of this league? So I think this is like a pretty popular idea sort of on the, the analytics side of things. Um, so I think there's, I think it's totally reasonable. I think there's, I think there's something there. I think of like all the analytics people that you could ask this question to, I'm probably like the least receptive to it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this kind of stuff. I think, there's very little evidence that it accomplishes anything. Um, uh -huh. like even in the NBA, I think there's a lot of debate around, you know, like, is this actually doing anything? And then the conversation tends to become like, well, what's the risk reward, right? Like if there's any risk at all of, of 
guys being more tired at the end of the season or suffering injuries or breaking down earlier in their careers, then like, who cares if you, if you lose a few extra regular season games, like the, you know, the risk is almost nothing that if there's any benefit, then you should do it. So even if we can't really accurately measure the benefit, then, then it's worth trying. So, I mean, I'm, I'm open to all that stuff. I think the NHL, um, I think it makes it a lot harder just the way rosters are constructed um, to, to get guys days off and, and to have um, like players who can, who can step in. And I think it does, it does weird stuff to rotations where you, it messes with your line consistency, which I think is important. And it messes with your, I mean, we saw the lightning do it with the, with their defensive pairings. I mean, they did this last year. They did, they had a seven player rotation where a different guy, you know, I think there were four out of the, four or five out of the seven guys who were in that rotation at, at the height of it. And so there were two guys playing every night and then they were, they were rotating. So it's, it's possible. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just, I don't know that I see, I I have a hard time seeing like what the, you know, and in like solid terms, what the, what the games are. That's like evidence-based, you know, and, and then, and then, like the the roster, just the, the shuffling, the paperwork, calling guys up and sending guys down, and manipulating waivers and all that stuff is is yeah. more difficult than it is in other sports. Yeah, it's uh, I'm looking at this uh, probably from a more reactionary uh, than anything. You know, you seeing these guys, they've, they've had some deep runs over the past couple of years, but then last year again, you're just you know, everybody gets dinged up to a degree. I mean, it's 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 pretty commonplace in the league. But uh, just trying to find some some sort of edge, you know, uh, whether or not it's yeah, like you said, it's hard to really measure that at this point. I mean, I don't think the buy. I know there's some some companies that are, are uh, at least peddling biometric stuff. I don't know how prevalent it is uh, across the league, and again, how how uh, reliable the information you're getting out of it and what you can really make of it in terms of setting your lineup and whatnot. But uh, anyhow, I just it's a it's a little pet theory I've had and. Um, I'm sure, again, like I said, there's others that probably have, have thought of this well before me. But uh, speaking of of of, um, of headmen and, and injuries, does it alarm you to, to in a degree that this, this team has seen to kind of fall apart with him out? I mean, it's not just him necessarily. Like, we, we know there's other things going on. Like, we talked about Kucherov, but he, he really seems to be like the linchpin, doesn't he, on the back end? Yeah, um, and it's not – it seems to happen every time. Like, well, that, that's the kind of thing that I say out loud, and then I go check the numbers, and it's not true at all. It, it certainly feels that way. It felt like whatever that season was where they missed the playoffs, I always get my years mixed up. Was that 16, 17 or something? It felt like when he got hurt was when it was when everything really, like, really collapsed. Um, obviously, they had a lot of injuries that year, but it felt like when he was out was when it was really bad. And then they had a couple stretches last year without him where the team looked kind of lost. And then obviously he's, he's hurt again and they look, and they look terrible, although he, he didn't have a great start to the season himself. Um, but I, yeah, to, to me, I think if I was trying to speculate as to why that is, I think because a lot of the time they've um, the way they've kind of used him the last few years is to just basically make him a pairing by himself. They've just given him like, the worst the player on the blue line as his partner and just for most of the game. And like, you know, the last couple of years it was Girardi. And then he had that stretch where he was playing with Jake Dotchin. And I mean, basically since Anton Strawman, he hasn't had 
yeah a good partner he's he's been asked to sort of carry a weaker player so that they can have two other competent pairs and and so when he goes out it's not just that they lose him it's it's also that they don't have like a like someone there's not like a second player on his pair who can like who can there's like a cascading effect where that pair goes from being dominant to being awful yeah no it's uh it's very pronounced and it kind of brings me to, to Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, uh, it's a contract year for him, and they, they've just got through uh, negotiation with uh, Brighton Point. I feel like the Lightning are kind of in a weird spot with Sergachev in a way. And, I mean, on the one hand, I mean, he's at his age, I mean, you, you want to have him in the fold for many years to come. And yet they've signed Ryan McDonough to a, a long-term deal. Uh, obviously, you have Hedman not going anywhere a while, and and they seem to be non-committal about playing Sergachev on the right side. I mean, maybe you know if if, he, if they're going to pay him a nice pay raise, uh, maybe that would provide provide extra incentive to play him on the right side. I, I don't I don't know you know, but it's they they have a crunch coming right next summer. This is this is not uh, not news to anybody. Um, they've been dealing. They're they're right at the top of the salary cap structure every year. Uh, does this? I, I don't know. What do you What do you think, Alan? Yeah, this has been. We've talked about this a lot internally at Raw Charge, and I think Geo has maybe touched on it here and there in some of his like forward looking cap pieces. But um, somebody's somebody's leaving again next summer, like JT Miller did, and I, I won't be surprised if it's Sergeyev. He doesn't seem to fit the group that they have on the blue line they have this this problem like you said with all these lefties they've got they've got Hedman and McDonough Hedman needs a defensively responsible partner playing Sergeyev with him has not worked they're they're similar types of players obviously Hedman is much better but Sergeyev also wants to be in the offensive zone and and sort of be able to freelance and be creative you can't have two guys on a pair like that it doesn't it doesn't work and so that's why I was you know I was really hoping that putting Chernak on the first pair with Hedman that that would work out because then you could have like a McDonough um possibly a McDonough Sergachev second pair um or McDonough Shattenkirk it seems to be what they what they prefer but but yeah I, I I don't know I don't I don't think they can sign him to the contract type of contract that he's going to deserve if they intend to keep playing him on the third pair. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get flipped this summer, um, to be honest, because I, I, it's yeah, otherwise it's Tyler John getting Tyler Johnson to wave or Andre Pollat to wave, but somebody's going because they don't they don't have the cap space to, to keep. Yeah, him. I mean, and you can and, and, and I, other people might point out, OK, well, you got Alex Kalor and his. His no trade so modified, but even even if you account for Kalorn like being being moved, you know, come July first, even that that just kind of seems like a necessity. Period. But that's not really when I look at the situation. I don't I don't think that's really enough. Like, so yeah, I I'm just trying to make sense of this because I just don't see. I mean, they've had guys taking up you might say a, a disproportionate amount of cap space given the role they're playing, and I know that they want to have these. They've been trying to have these balanced pairings at five on five, but um, there's only, there's only so much special teams time to go around. And it's just not ideal, obviously to have a, 
I don't, I don't know what the uh, uh, exact you know, money he might, he might get. You might look at a benchmark of a, what Wierenski got or or something like that as a as a as a comparable. But that's you know that just can't can't be allocating that to to uh, somebody that's not going to be playing a, a bigger role. Now again, if they uh, trend transition him in or ease him into a bigger role, maybe that's a different story. Like you said, maybe you're finding uh, uh, some some other way uh, to make the room. But I, I this is just kind of looming and. It's uh, I'm, I don't know how. Obviously, you guys just said you've been at Raw Charge. You guys have been discussing this, but I don't know how how prevalent that thought is outside of uh, certain circles. So, yeah, I think that's something that people are talking about kind of quietly. No one wants to come out and say that yet. But yeah, the, just the reality is like if you just anybody who goes on Cab Friendly and and tries to put together a roster for next summer, like it's pieces are going to have to go to to make yeah. that work and. And the other thing I'll say about Sergeyev is, um, you know, I, I like his game a lot. I think that was a great get for, for Duran. Um, but I, I still have concerns about him. And I honestly don't, I don't have a lot of criticism to offer the coaching staff for the usage that he's gotten because he's, he's, he is probably the worst um, offender in terms of the penalties this year. He's, he's been really bad. He's taken a ton of penalties. And then he still has a lot of issues in, in his own zone. And and he does he does the cool move at the blue line, and he's fun in the offensive zone, and he's great on the power play. But there's there's still issues defensively. And, and in that playoff series last year against Columbus, he may have been the player who, who, to me, looked like the most overwhelmed by the moment and consistently wasn't able to make good plays out of his own end. So it, I – yeah. No, 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 Alan. That was Jan Ruda, didn't you hear? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a bizarre scapegoating incident. Um, I, I don't, I, I get, don't I get it. I uh, <laughs> look. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say I think he's an incredible player, but I mean, I just don't see the, 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 the complaint. I, I, why, why are people heaping it at his feet? I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I, like, I've, I've seen very strong, I, I've seen these strong opinions uh, of his ability. I'm like, every time the guy comes in the lineup, I mean, sure. There was a couple, a uh, couple games ago. He was in and get the lightning get scored on what happened in the 20 seconds prior, you know, where the puck drops at the, in, in the gold crease and maybe the rebound control wasn't so great, but what happened 20 seconds prior? Sure. John Ruta is the guy that didn't quite box out. Maybe, uh, uh, the opposing forward on the, the penalty kill or whatever it was, maybe it was a five on five goal. I don't know. But uh, you know, like just it's it's uh, you're right. Said scapegoating. It's just like you gotta gotta have the whipping boy, right? Somebody's gotta serve. Yeah, and it's just it's just it's just weird for him because he's like he's like obviously the seventh D, and that's that's when I I get sort of tired of stuff sometimes. Honestly, is like when people just want to like crush the seventh D or the thirteenth forward or whatever, and it's like I don't who who do you want that person to be? Like <laughs> who do you think that's who do you think is going to fill that role? Like, like they're the seventh D or the 13th forward for a reason. Like if they can, if they can stay afloat in their minutes, that's great. Like that's the best case scenario. Um, if they were better. Than yeah, which is exactly what he did. Line. I mean, he just like, I mean, stepped in and anyhow, I, but, uh, but speaking of, of Ruta, I, there's another, I, I, look, I, 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 I mean, they got Shen in there. They obviously injuries are playing a role right now. Uh, Root has finally get, gotten some game action, but uh, I was kind of, you know, waiting a eighth of the season to get him 
get them a game. I don't know. I mean, I I, I get there's they weren't they signed Coburn. Uh, they've been they've tried to make that that, that, that pairing Coburn and Sergachev has had its in their controlled minutes at five on five. It's had its success and in the past. So I, I get that they want to primarily play Coburn, but I, I don't I don't know. You go from you got you go from bringing him in. Uh, into the lineup for the playoffs last year at Columbus, and then you you don't want to, him to sniff the ice uh, for for an eighth of the season uh, out of the gate here. So I, it's it's interesting to me. I mean, again, he is the seventh defense, but he is the he's the depth guy. But um, I don't I don't know how that how that really serves uh, his uh, how that serves Ruta very well at all. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the reality of the logjam that they have, and I you know I would much rather see him in the lineup over Shen. I don't I don't think. You know, with all due respect to Luke Shen, I don't think he's an NHL player. I think the conversation that we had about Luke Kwiatkowski is largely one that we could have about Luke Shen as well. Um, I think he's a good AHL player at this point in his career. Um, so, I, yeah, if, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, depth options to take minutes while Hedman's hurt, I would I would much rather see that opportunity go to Ruta than, than to Shen. But, again, we're talking about, you know, guys who are going to play limited minutes, um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have limited impact. I, I would just yeah, would you're not you're not taking special team no, or you're yeah. certainly not putting Ruta out there in, in power play minutes or anything like that. Anything critical? Um, yeah, it's it's a non-issue. But I, I kind of want went to close this out. I I wanted to talk a little bit about Cooper. Um, just look, we know he, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But the reality of coaching in this league. You know, is uh, he, he's he's now the most tenured coach in the NHL. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure he's he's up there. By a um, way, I think actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's this he's lived a favorable favorable uh, life in the NHL so far. And I know you got the you got the vote of confidence. You know, you, you certainly after after the season regular season the Lightning had, there was nothing going to happen. With, with the coaching position. That was just very obvious. What do you think, though, what do you think it would take? I mean, is it just missing the playoffs? What do you think it would take just for the just for the seat to get it really hot for Cooper? You know, like in your mind, what what would it take for that that, that thought process starting, the, the, the inkling maybe in, in Breeze Ball mind that maybe that time is closer than he was expecting? So I think maybe I'm a little more aggressive on on this than you. I actually wrote about this today, um, which was that there there's there's a scenario that's conceivable to me where I would consider it in season. Um, Interesting. I think if like if there's still like a genuinely bad team by the middle of December, I think you have to start trying to figure out what you're going to do in January to fix it. And I think that, you know, if, if the numbers are still this bad, then, you know, if I was in the front office kind of thing, there would be some deep dives going on into, you know, what are the problems specifically, you know, how Mm -hmm. much of the direct causes can we understand, you know, who do we need to have conversations with, whether it's, you know, obviously it's going to be Cooper, but are there, you know, do we need to have a conversation? You know, if Kucherov is still playing this way, do we need to have a conversation and figure out what's going on? Um, but yeah, that that's that's when 
like beginning middle of December, if the numbers are still this bad, I would start doing some pretty heavy, like investigative, like work to try to understand what's going on. And then whatever I find, I would try to fix quickly because that conversation we just had about next summer, that, that conversation is going to happen every year for the rest of this team's run. And so I just, I, I think they're past the point where they can just punt seasons. Like I, I don't, if they're staring at being, you know, outside of the playoffs by a decent margin, you know, in the second week of January or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can just say like, well, we'll just, we'll just see what happens. And then we'll lose, we'll drop another couple wins this summer and then come back and make a run with a worse team next year. I mean, I think you have to try like last year was probably the best team that they'll, they'll have with right. this group just because they had so many guys still on their, on their entry levels. And, and they, you know, they were able to squeeze in JT Miller and, and all that stuff, but it gets worse every year the, the team gets worse every year for the rest of this time as guys get paid and guys, you know, and guys age. So I don't know that that might not be a popular opinion or maybe it is a popular opinion, but yeah, I, I, I would consider it if, if I thought that's really what the problem was, but the, the question then becomes like, how confident can you be that that's the problem and how confident can you be that you can make an upgrade in season? Right. Cause that everybody's going to look at what happened with the blues last year and, you know, point to that. But right. before that, nobody thought like Craig Berube was a, was a great coach. He was like a laughing stock in Philly when he got fired. So um, that stuff is really a crapshoot in the NHL, but yeah, there's, I, I could see a scenario where, well, I mean, you just got to factor in. I mean, I mean, look at the lineup he's had. You know, the past. You know, I mean, how many coaches would kill? I mean, his his buddy Blassel up in in Detroit. You know, who's who? I mean, you know, you got to feel for the yeah. guy. I mean, I'm not saying we should necessarily uh, say that things would be dramatically different, uh, but he's he's got a pretty raw deal in terms of where he started in the league com- comparatively. Um, so, I mean, you know, you, you look at what Cooper's had and. And it's certainly there's been some deep runs, um, but like like you're pointing out, like if the, if this if the play doesn't improve, I mean, okay, that's it. You know, you're saying in season, that's a um, that's a take. But I I think there's 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 an argument, like a solid argument argument to make there. I mean, do you want do you really want to wait too long? And and maybe you can get whether it's Todd Richards stepping in right the uh, an interim basis. Uh, uh, he has some previous uh, head. Was he the interim coach for Columbus, or was he actually the full? T- I can't remember. Um, he, he, years ago, was he? He was the head coach. Okay, and then he was he was okay. They had that horrendous start to the season where they had like a ninety-two PDO or something, and he got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then of course you got in Syracuse. Um, you know, it's kind of like the interesting juxtaposition. You know, where, where Cooper was this heralded uh, rise to the ranks and and uh, and certainly uh, uh, came up from the AHL uh, uh, organization from Norfolk at the time and but now you have Ben Wagru up in uh, in Syracuse and and he's he's been a solid uh, uh, coach for the for, for Syracuse I, I think he's been an improvement uh, what they had going on previously and I mean again it's also familiarity right with the uh, players that are in Volkov's you know getting a look here now and you, we would anticipate perhaps over the next couple of seasons and uh, several other players making the leap. I mean, you, there are options, right? I mean, it's not like we're, we're uh, in a spot or the lightning are in a spot where there's, there's nobody necessarily in the wings um, <laughs> to kind of take the route, uh, take the reins. No, I, I think that's, I think, I think coach grew is, is one of the things that makes it interesting. I think, I mean, if we're being realistic, like I think 
you know, my thought process that, 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 you know, maybe you consider it in season. I, I don't really think they'll do that. I just think that I'm very proactive about how much, how many sort of more runs they have at this and, and just have, you know, my eye kind of focused on the fact that we're on the other side of the curve at, at this point and just being realistic about that. But I think, I think what, what would be the most interesting is let's say that the season ends in a disappointing fashion again, either, you know, somehow they miss the playoffs or they, they, you know, even if they don't make it past round two or something. Um, and then we get to the summer and let's say like Bruce Boudreau is available or something. Then I think you start getting into, you know, a really interesting place of like, is, you know, do we, do we, do we want to move forward with Cooper? This is, you know, these are, this is back-to-back seasons where we, we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. And there's a known kind of name with a, with a track record of success out there. Um, veteran coach for a veteran team who sort yeah. of coaches all the things that have been this team's weaknesses in terms of like, you know, structure and consistency and, and sort of, you know, that, that being playing within playing within a system. So you, you take all the strengths that they've learned from sort of having this freewheeling style under Cooper, you immediately impose, you know, some structure on that and you get this for a season or two, you get this nice blend of the two styles um, and you mm-hmm. see if that works. So that, that kind of stuff would be intriguing to me, but yeah, it's, it's gonna, I mean, hopefully, you know, we're 13 games into the season. Hopefully all this talk sounds idiotic in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, off an eight that's game a great, that's a great work. point. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of time for this to uh, to stabilize and and I mean, you know, and you know, they have that shooting. T- you, all the metrics we we talked about earlier, you know, or the the offense was struggling, and, and they they still score. You know, like they, the, the, you know, it's it's at least you know the, the percentages are the shooting percentages there. You know, if they can just improve the the uh, the offense, you know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get more goals. Uh, you know, it's it's just a it's a little math equation there, but. Um, yeah, this could turn around and we could look really dumb in a few weeks time. Uh, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of those things where you have to like, so, and this is what I've been sort of grappling with when writing about the team, right? Is like, you don't want to do the thing where you just go like, ah, they'll be fine. Like you don't want to do that. And you also don't want to do the thing where you go like, uh, like fire Cooper, trade Kucherov, like this team sucks like so you, you got to find a balance where you acknowledge that they've played back poorly like and they genuinely yeah. have played poorly like it's this they haven't gotten unlucky you know they haven't gotten bad bounces they have genuinely played poorly um but it's also only 13 games of playing poorly so there's there's a lot of season left to go for them to fix that and and all their history says that they will um, and there's been glimpses, right? I mean, I, I mean, I thought their best game of the season, uh, uh, or one of the at least right up there, the Nashville game. You know, they they got you know they maybe didn't get the result they wanted, but I thought that was a solid game for for the club. And and, I, and right on the heels of the Penguins game, which I thought, you know, like okay, we kind of you know we got the win there, and it was you know it was a re- it was a reasonably good game too. I, I actually kind of liked the the uh, the effort against Nashville a little bit better, just kind of broke right in the third period uh, uh, for kind of got that bounce off the off in the Penguins game. There was a third period. I think we might've had the lead, but we really broke the dam where there was a bounce off the linesman. I believe it was. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember who the puck came to, but um, we kind of opened up a two goal lead and it was just, I, I think the pens just kind of folded at that point. 
But uh, I thought you know those two games right there. I was like, oh, you know, we're turning the corner, maybe turning the corner, maybe, and 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 no, that that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. So I mean, I think like you said, like we've seen it a little bit. I think what I wrote today was like, you know, we just haven't seen enough of their best, and then we've also seen yeah. a, we've seen a worst that maybe I didn't even realize they had <laughs> in some of these games. Yeah. Like like so that that's that's what sort of distorted the start of the season is that they've yes they've they've shown some sort of classic lightning stuff but they've also shown like a really terrible side um that we haven't seen as much in previous seasons and maybe that's just a weird you know sort of way you know sort of order in, in which things shake out where they're all their terrible games are just going to happen to cluster in the first 15 games of the season or whatever and then they're not going to have any more so um who knows but but yeah it's it's just yeah, it's been bad. Doesn't mean it's going to keep being bad. And everything about this team that we've seen from the past few years suggests that it won't continue to be bad and that it'll it'll get much better. Well, Alan, this has been really, really fun. And uh, I know you're going to do whatever it, it takes to – I'm on Friday, I would imagine you're going to do whatever it takes to watch uh, uh, the game. And I think it's a 2 o'clock game, our time? Yeah, it's roughly. 2 o'clock, yep. Yeah, I'm, I, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to see much of it, but certainly it's uh, uh, the Saturday game. Uh, I, I will be able to watch that, and I'm sure you will be doing everything you can to to catch that action. And it's I, I just can't remember. I can't remember. It's been a long time since they played overseas. It was, it was those were preseason matches, weren't they? Years yeah, ago, I, I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't think they've ever played in the yeah in regular season. Regular season, yeah. But uh, this has been this has been really fun, and I and I. Hopefully we can do this again at some point. I know you're you're pretty busy there with your duties at Raw Charge and and uh, watching all those horror flicks um, that you, you keep up with. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my life is uh, hockey and then on off nights uh, and, and, watching bad and farm animals, animals. Far, a lot of farm animals, right? Yeah, yeah, and that that too. That's what I'm doing on the weekends. Is out. yeah. That's awesome. in the pasture and the barn and whatever. So, yeah. But uh, fr- so Friday will be a work from home day for sure. Uh, Got to make sure I get that squared away with the, <laughs> with, with the boss. <laughs> yeah. For the reason for that. Um, so I can try to catch the game. But yeah, it should, should be fun. Um, it's cool to see the team getting included in stuff like this and, um, you know, the all-star game. And then, you know, maybe it's, it's, maybe. it's nice to see them being kind of a, a marquee franchise and, and get, get marketed like that. So that's cool. Do you do you have any hope for a winter classic? Um I you're not hosting it, but just being part of it. Being part of it would be would be awesome. I I the 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 very sort of like spiteful like southern hockey fan in me wants like a swamp classic with like <laughs> with with the Panthers like in you know, even if it's in like a neutral site or whatever, like even if they played it in Jacksonville uh-huh. just to like make the weather like a little more palatable or something. But I think actually like if the ice was really bad and it was, there was like slush, I think that would, it would be more fun (laughs) if it was like a blight on the league that they, that they had the game there. But no, but I think what I would really honestly like to see would, would be like uh, maybe a game against like Nashville or something, you know, like or against like Carolina or, or somewhere where, you know, or, or even like against the, like a rival, like, you know, Detroit or, or Boston, whoever, in a like a real cold weather city where where it'd be in the snow and stuff. And I am kind of a sucker for those outdoor games. I know a lot of people are kind of over them, but but man, that 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 Winnipeg Calgary game, like that was good looking hockey. 
<laughs> what people are sick of is it's just that you know you see a lot of the the same teams you know it's going to be the blackhawks the penguins are going to be a part of it i mean it, more more often than not you know it just seems kind of the same teams seem force fed you know boston a lot so I, I think you know at some point a lot of people are just kind of you know lose that lose, you know as a casual you know a fan especially that would just not not really appealing you know over and over and over yeah but uh, I, i'm excited to see nashville do it uh, that's that's pretty cool yeah yeah and they the jerseys look look nice for that game too so that should be that should be fun hopefully when we talk again hopefully it's under much different circumstances much more favorable circumstances of the lightning and a little less dreary but uh if not we will we will address whatever the, whatever the hell's happening at that point but thank you again alan for joining me it's been a pleasure um you know i, I will i will talk to you on the flip side yeah anytime Thank you, as always, for listening, and if you want to get in on the app, you can visit www.anchor.fm slash nets dash and dash bolts to leave a voice message with your take or question, or just send a tweet. And if you really like the show, please consider subscribing to and or sharing it if you haven't already. Adios.